Well, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Together What If. And for the last couple of weeks, we have been diving deep into this idea of what it means to live a rich life. Is it possible? Does a rich life mean the way that we think it means? Or or could it be something much more rich than maybe we have thought it meant before? I have no clue. So today, uh, me, Jenny Highsmith, and Michelle Alexander, and Pastor Jamie Prickett, we're going to dive deeper into this idea of what it means to be rich. And I think, you know, we touched on it a little bit last week, but I think at the crux of a rich life is just this desire to have purpose or to have meaning in life, to feel loved and valued. I think that's really down at the center of what our desires is when we want to be rich. But I think one of those unspoken things is also this this idea of joy. Mm. I think joy is so crucial to a rich life because if we don't find joy, we're always going to be seeking that next thing. You know, what is that next thing? Um, it's that line in the sand just keeps getting moved farther and farther back. And if we can just get to that next one, then we'll be content. Then we'll be living that rich life, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, and last week, we kind of sat with this idea of like, what does it mean to be content? Um, and, and how can contentment lead us into living a rich life? Um, Bob Goff, a... a Christian author and and speaker once said that when joy is a habit, love is a reflex. And I like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, again, for me, encompasses uh, this idea of living a rich life. So joy, let's just start real simple. What is joy? Well, I think it's a gift, honestly. Um, you know, uh, Galatians 5, 22, 23, we teach the kids the song, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I think it is a gift of the Spirit, but I think it's also a spiritual practice. Ooh. And uh, Mark and I, we learn joy from our dog. <gasps> and I know that sounds crazy, but... Um, he has this little penny sleeps in, and so first thing in the morning, uh, not first thing in the morning, we we don't do that, but we w- when he gets out and we take him outside, the way that dog greets the day is such a testament to he to Mark and to me about how we should greet our day. I mean, from the time our feet hit the floor in the morning, it's a heart of gratitude. It's a heart of just openness to God, and this dog comes out of the pen. Hopping, happy, ready to go, goes outside, comes in, we go for a walk, and he knows that the day is fresh and new. He's he's great as thy faithfulness, mercies are new every morning, it's a new day, let's go. And I <laughs> wonder what it would look like if if we, especially as people who love God and who know that God loves us, that love Jesus, what if we walked around like that, um, mm-hmm. just refocused. Yeah. All right, Jamie, how love and joy. Well, I think um, Einstein, your dog, um, I, I think, you know, that approach is because, first of all, he's not, as he approaches the, the day, he's not thinking about whatever experience he had yesterday, or he's not, you know, he's not reflecting on, he's not letting that shame or guilt 
carry into this new day. Mm -hmm. And secondly, he's not worried about what tomorrow brings, right? I mean, he's not worried about where his food's coming from. He's not worried about... So it's not any of that. He's not living in the past. He's not looking to the future. He's living in that in, in that moment. And, um, and, and I think joy, you, you said joy is a discipline. That's part of the spiritual discipline of, is learning to live in the moment. Mm. Jesus says, give me, you know, he told us to pray, give me this day, my daily bread. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Tomorrow there's enough worries for itself. And, uh, but today is, is the day that, that I've been given as a gift. So part of joy is the discipline of living in the moment and living in the day. And um, and I think that's important for us to hold on to. Um, so many people lose out on that because they don't live in the gift that they've been given today. Yeah, and, and that's a discipline too. Mm-hmm. Um, to to begin to be able to think about what you're thinking about, and to uh, as Paul says, take those thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, at the end of my life, I want to be able to say that, despite the circumstances of my life, no matter what happens, I don't want my life to be filled with all these worries or, or these concerns of things that I didn't measure up to or I didn't get done. I want to get to the end of my life and see joy mm-hmm. just be so just ever-present in, in, in looking back on my life. Um, but I do think that joy is a choice just to kind of like, it is, a, it, is, it is a discipline. Joy is a choice that you make in the moment to be in the moment despite what's going on. Um, and then joy, when we choose joy, it empowers us to then give joy away to the people that we encounter. I agree with that 100%. And I'm, it's, it's really almost kind of catching yourself when you begin to slide into uh, despondency, and I don't want to talk. I mean, I'm not talking about depression and things like. I'm talking about as a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. um, walking day to day, because that's a real thing. And I don't, I'm not trying to make light of people who um, are walking that very difficult journey. But uh, for me, let me just speak for me. When uh, when I can feel myself going, I go I go to two places, and just being really transparent, uh, I feel like I'm a professional dreader. I make this joke, but it's true, and I and I have to catch myself. Um, I can imagine all the things that are going to go wrong with whatever it is I'm doing, and um, or I just don't really want to expend the energy to be somewhere. And then when I'm there, God intersects with that, and and, and His presence is pr- and I'm present with God. And so just catching myself when I'm sliding into that despondency and that that despair and that. Um, uh, dread and and saying um, no and, and backpedaling to gratitude, mm-hmm. finding that place of gratitude. If nothing else, there's just that Jesus came, He died. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like hyper spiritualize emotions. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I am trying to say that internally, there's some work that c- we can do. I think to live in a place of grounded presence. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to. Um... I was thinking about the the Bob Goff quote as well. You know, I think, you know, what if we, as a mindset, approach those situations and circumstances that we may dread or we may not really want to be a part of, um, you know, that uh, what if our mind 
our mind um, shifts to the thinking, okay, I have an opportunity to practice joy. This is a this is a privilege for me to practice joy. I think that's some of what Paul was talking about when he says there's even joy in suffering, right? I mean, there's that. Um, I don't know how you can say joy in suffering, but but there's there's this uh, this concept that that you know, okay, I have before me this challenging moment or situation, so now. I get to practice joy in, in in spite of this. And it's not superficial. It mm. might have to start as you just trying to fake it till you make it kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it's 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 the thing that's going to be internally driving you. Once you can get down to that place of joy, working it like a muscle, that's going to be the thing that's going to be empowering you through yeah, that I think that's why they call, they call it a gift of mm-hmm. the Spirit because uh, when you're connecting to God spiritually, internally, um, the spirit kind of comes to bring that, even when you don't don't f- you don't necessarily emotionally feel a certain way. Like when I, my brother and my sister and my sister in law, um, when we were all caring for my dad um, in twenty twenty one, he was he had congestive heart failure, and we would take turns staying with him. Um, there was this this extra. I don't know, guys, I I can't really describe it. And it's not something that you can just go capture. But it was an extra gear that I had where instead of dreading to go and spend the night in his house, which was so hot and it was uncomfortable and it was a lot, (laughs) it was a lot of taking care of him. In, in so many different ways, God brought some kind of joy. I cannot describe it, but that's why I think Paul talks about it in the midst of suffering, because you are beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. You're beyond, okay, so Michelle's going to go show up and take care of her dad. She's no hero. It's what a daughter does. But the Spirit of God goes with me, and then there's this compassion and grace that comes in, and uh, and my dad was just precious through all of that, which was another gift. I know some people take care of their parents and the parent, um, their personality deteriorates, and that's even so much harder. And I praise God my dad wasn't like that. All that to say that it was just a an extra place. And I actually wrote some poetry and stuff in my dad's house while he was sleeping and I was watching that I've never done before. And I kept all that because it was just a place of peace and calm and gratitude and it was um dare I say sacred mm-hmm. I think I think that's what's important about joy is that is joy is acknowledging that I'm going to accept whatever's in front of me in this moment whether that's oh. good or bad or ugly but it's there's there's a there's a an acceptance of the reality that is in front of me and when I when I start with that mentality um that even though and, I, and and even though I'm not saying that, that this is not going to be hard or difficult, but there's something about just acknowledging and accepting that that really brings joy, and that we can then we can start to find joy even in the most difficult um, situations. That's but huge. Before we came on air, you were um, distinguishing the difference between the Book of Ecclesiastes and uh, the Book of Proverbs. Can you do you remember what you said? Can you say that again? Because it made me think of something, and I'm trying to rethink what. Yeah, well, you know, Ecclesiastes belongs to a group of books in the Bible we call wisdom literature, and um, and so and so Proverbs really Proverbs is about how to how to be wise, how to how to approach life from from a, a, a from wisdom, and, and that comes before 
or after the book of Ecclesiastes. In the order of the Bible is before. Correct. So, um, And so Ecclesiastes, however, deals with the theme of what is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, I guess you could say it answers the question of, of wisdom, but, but I think what it's addressing is, is just the reality of, of the realness of life. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a realism about Ecclesiastes that, that, I, that I've grown to appreciate about this book. So it made me think, um, thank you, it made me think of uh, Frederick Buchner has a quote that basically says, um, your purpose is where the world's deep hunger and your deep gladness meet. Oh, yeah. And I think of that in this conversation of joy and being rich and finding purpose and, and living in the realness of life and in the moment because I think when we are able to find that contentment between the world's deep hunger and our deep gladness, finding that purpose and that contentment and that realness of life, not in accumulation of things, um, not in achieving a certain status um, or recognition, but being able to achieve just this contentment and the realness of life. Mm. Um, when I get when I get to the end of my life, um, I want to be able to say that I experienced that yeah. in the realness of life and that joy was brought through my life even in the the mountains and the valleys um, because I was able to be real. Um, yeah, I think you said something um, right before we started talking about Proverbs and Ecclesiastes that I think Ecclesiastes gets to, and it's this idea of being able to accept reality for what it is right now. Um, Richard Rohr would say even uh, to be able to forgive reality for what it Mm -hmm. is. And so I have a lot of um, empathy for um, people who have that one thing they're pining for, whether it's I'm single and I want to get married or I'm uh, I'm married and I, or I, I want to be a mom or I want to be a dad and that and it's just not happening you know um the, it, it, that tends to happen in our lives where there's this this thing that is, and you know, when you talk with people like that, I never have an answer. Uh, and it's like, where's joy if that's um, kind of where um, you, your heart longs, you know? And so where does that intersect, Jamie, joy and this just longing of the heart? And I think you said it, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about it, but of being able to be in this place of I accept, even though I don't necessarily. I wish it were different. How you know that's a that's a tricky place to be spiritually. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to answer that in a different in a in a maybe in a side way. Um, re- say that quote from Richard Rohr one more time. Uh, Acceptance is not just accepting reality, but it's, it's like forgiving reality mm-hmm. for what it is. And like, here's, uh, you know, I want to, I want to have a child, and yet I can't. Okay. I'm not able to get pregnant, or mm. uh, my husband and I can't conceive, or I've had five miscarriages, and just all the absolute heartbreak, you know that goes with that beyond words, you know. So I think the way I would rephrase that 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 comment would be that joy is 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 where grace is evident. Mm. And where we someone we, someone tweet that. That is good. 
Joy is where grace is evident. And and cause so I th- I think you have to live into the grace of God, um, and the grace we the grace that God re- we receive from the Lord, and also the grace that we're called to give to others, including ourselves. So you're talking about someone who's longing to have a child and they're not been able to. So you can approach that situation with bitterness and and resentment. And, um, and and all of the anger that comes with it. And you can hold that, and I think, and that's okay. You can still hold that. But but I think if you want to see joy in that, and, and, and you, you want to come out on the side of joy and through that process, that there's got to be grace um, that, that sits on the top of all that. Mm-hmm. And, and grace to recognize that, you know, that this is not the ideal situation. This is not the ideal moment. And um, because and, and that's what I find. I don't. I mean, I mean, we all see it, right? People who don't carry grace in their hearts, they're they're <coughs> bitter, they're angry, and they have this this resentment toward life. And you can see it physically. I mean, you can see it in their eyes. You can yeah. see it on their face. You know. And so, but yeah. <clears throat> to me, if you, I, I would say, show me a person who's full of joy, and I would show you. I would show you a person. Who has discovered that grace is truly amazing, mm. and um, and I think that would be, um, I think that to me would be what I would be looking for for somebody, and that would be my challenge to anybody going through all of that hurt and pain, whatever it is, because um, grace takes me takes away, it, grace removes my focus from the circumstance and onto the relationship that I have with God and with other people. And I think, and that's was going to be important as we move forward with joy. And thinking yeah. about, you know, I've got some people in my life right now who either recently have been having to look death in its face and yeah. have had to meet death, um, or those who I also know people who are still looking at death in a distance um, and having to deal with that. That's a great language for me to s- talk about them um, because so many of them have greeted grace. In, in this journey, in the realness of life, and they're going through some really hard circumstances and dealing with a lot of daily pain and frustrations and heartaches, um, and that grace is what's keeping them going in this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through their grace that they're giving themselves, the world around them, they are also living in this sense of joy. And it's not like I'm thinking about this one person in particular in my life. She's 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 not living with this superficial, artificial sense of happiness and, and everything's dandy, even though mm-hmm. life isn't. But she's got this gentle, unwavering stillness and peace within her mm-hmm. that is grace and is joy. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's such a beautiful thing to witness and to be around. And just even being around this person, I'm like, I just want to be around you more mm-hmm. because of the way that you are embodying exactly. this richness of life in the midst of your struggle. Yeah, I think at some point, joy has to kind of intersect with this bedrock of deciding that God is good and God is for mm-hmm. you, a- even when the list of things that are not going well is long. Um, and then, of course, sometimes I think it is abandoning the why. You have to sort of say, I'm not going to know why. I might, in the rearview mirror, I've looked back and seen, oh, I can see how God used that. Uh, but trusting that God will, that God is working, 
um, which, you know, can seem like cheap words to someone who's going through something really, really difficult. But uh, at some point, at some point, there has to be that bedrock, that firm foundation of believing that it's not a transactional God that we're working with. It's a God of goodness that even when things are terribly hard, um, He's going to work it all for mm. your good. Mm. Yeah. I think you got to have a track record with God, too. I think that helps. Mm-hmm. You know, keep going. I, I would say to anyone who's feeling like joy, okay, great. Mm. Um, I would just say keep going. Keep staying open. Don't close down. Stay open to what God is doing. Yeah. You know, in, in Nehemiah, um, the the Nehemiah has gone back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. And what he's found is people living in shame and people living in brokenness. Um, infrastructure that's you know and crumbles and uh, and and just and just in a in a bad place and um and at one point he he's rallying the troops and they're you know sort of reintroducing God's law and all that and in that in that in that comment he says the joy of the Lord is my strength that you know and he's he's and I I find that so fascinating you know he still has a way to go in the in the rebuilding and the the, the wall and in the restructuring of society and all of that but yet he can say the joy of the Lord is my strength and um, so he's not saying you know the shame that we brought on ourselves is not where we're going to find it. the The uncertainty of our future is not where we're going to find it. But right here in this present moment, where the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength, and that's going to be all that we. That's going to be what we need to move forward. Jesus later on will come along, and um, I think it's John fifteen sixteen. In Jesus, um, you know, he says, you know, I've come that you may have life and have it in a fullness. And John says, you know, I've come to give you my joy. That that um, and that your joy may be complete. Mm. So that's why I'm so passionate about Christ because I, I do truly believe. Back to your point, Michelle. I, I, you know, I believe that when um, when we walk in the light of of, of Christ's love, that, um, there, that there's a joy that comes with that. And um, and so that's you know that's why I do what I do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a probably a good place for us <laughs> I to. Agree. I just keep thinking of that little child song. It's like I won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it show. You know, it's like um, we're gonna draw our line in the sand and say it's not. We're not gonna let it get blown out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna let him turn the light on. Let him turn the light on, and then keep burning. Keep your lamp burning, man. Yep. Amen. So friends, together, what if we were able to do that in our life? What if we were able to turn the light on for ourselves and turn the light on for the people around us? Maybe that's quite physically turning a light on, opening up the blinds and the windows and seeing the new day like a dog with bright eyes and a panting, (laughs) drooling mouth like Einstein. Maybe it's seeing the awe and the goodness of the world around us with the childlike eyes of my niece and my nephews just ready to take in the next big thing. Maybe it's just as simple as as sitting in the moment and giving yourself grace for where you are right here and right now, instead of trying to measure yourself up to where you should be or where others think you need to be. What if we were able to live in that richness of life? We'll see you next week, guys. Go Braves. Go Braves. Brother, lay your head down Sister, don't you know 
Ain't no rest in a world Troubles come and troubles go I have seen the sparrow I have watched her fly No, she does not worry Tell me why should I Hold on, love Things are gonna get better Things are gonna get better I know it's hard Hold on, love Things are gonna get better Things are gonna get better I know they are I have seen the lily Dancing with the wind Open to the sunshine Open to the rain again Dressed in all her beauty Giving what she needs If I listen closely I can hear her sing to me Hold on, love Things are gonna get better Things are gonna get better I know it's hard Hold on, love Things are gonna get better Things are gonna get better I know Hold on, love, things are gonna get back get better I know it's hard hold on love things are gonna get better things are gonna get better I know they are Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do